0: Update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo, midday to 1pm.
1: So we start with that process story. Transport Minister Figile Mbalula has dissolved uh, Railway Agency Process Board. Now announcing this decision, uh, Balula said that he has put the institution under administration and uh, he n- announced uh, Bongizizwe Mpondo as the administrator for 12 months.
0: Since the interim port's appointment, the affairs of the entity have not improved but have regressed in state, as evidenced by the disclaimer, following two financial years of stagnant audit outcomes position of qualified um, with findings. Having considered all these issues and other aspects of the AGES report, I have therefore decided to dissolve the interim board and place PRASA under administration with immediate effect.
1: And uh, that was uh, Transport Minister Figile Mbalula making that announcement a short while ago. So, for more on this, we join on the line by commentator uh, Kaya Sitole. Kaya, good afternoon. So, uh, does this come as a bit of a surprise?
0: Uh, good afternoon, and good afternoon to the listeners. No, it does not come as a surprise, and I think. The reality of what we're seeing here is that eventually reality and this being economic reality was always going to catch up with the politicians. So if you look at all the state-owned enterprises that are in dire straits, they've literally refused to take the right decisions, put the right people in place, and take the right corrective action in order to set them on the right path. And of course, eventually, as soon as... They run out of public funds to bail them out or to keep perpetuating the scale of the problem. It meant that reality would take over. And now we have a situation where the minister has no other choice than to actually take what he regards as a drastic form of action.
1: And I ask that question because uh, just last week, the minister was talking about appointing a permanent board for uh, PRASA. So, you know, what has changed between then and now in the last five days?
0: I think the reality is that what the government has sort of died on is the ability of these boards to actually navigate these organizations through their crisis moments. But unfortunately, whether it's due to the structural limitations, the lack of funding or the bureaucracy associated with running the state-owned enterprises, none of these boards have actually been able to do exactly what it is that they've signed up to do. So then the question was, if you then elect another board, and they have the same limitations or the same restrictions that this current board has, what exactly would be the difference? And it appears that the minister formed the view that actually it would make no difference to appoint a new board when the underlying issues are not resolved. And the administrator has a greater sense of flexibility in actually saying, I've come in here to fix the organization and I need to be able to do the things that are necessary on a very urgent basis.
1: Do we have any evidence at this point that would show us conclusively that administrators have had better luck, as it were, or, you know, have been more uh, efficient at bringing stability to entities or businesses?
0: Not necessarily. I think the concept of administrators is probably very popular in the higher education sector. So we've seen a lot of universities that have been taken under administration where the council have been dissolved and there there were clearly some interesting and perhaps different outcomes depending on which institution it was and what the underlying issues are. When it comes to the more commercial um, state-owned enterprises, the tendency has not been to put them under administration because, of course, they tend to be big employers. And as soon as you talk about issues relating to administration or business risk scheme, you create anxieties around the workforce issues, and the government has always hesitated to invoke those decisions. So this is probably one, going to be one of the few templates that we have that is actually going to indicate to us what happens when an administrator comes in and takes. Over the operations
1: of an entity, and uh, he made it clear there that that, uh, that administrator uh, administrators appointed for twelve months. Given the extent of the problems faced there, given um, you know the financial audits as per the auditor general's report, do you think that you know you can have a a, a serious turnaround at an entity like Prasa in twelve months?
0: I think the definition of a turnaround itself is elusive because perhaps all the minister expects the administrator to do is really identify what the gaps are in terms of the vacancies and the key personnel that need to be there to be there or whether there are particular issues at the operational level that this current board has not been able to really deal with. And then he will present a report to say, look, in order to turn this entity around on the financial perspective and on the governance perspective, this is what you need to do. So, of course, in 12 months' time, we do not expecting to come around and say it's now the most profitable entity, every single um, audit query has been resolved, but rather to set the tone of what needs to be done. It is definitely a longer term to actually turn an institution, particularly like Prasa, around. So I don't think the 12-month period is really going to be the litmus test for saying he has to do this in 12 months. He simply has to set that agenda create a roadmap or a blueprint of what Prasa ought to look like and who needs to be there, and then thereafter we'll see those positions being filled, assuming, of course, that the politician agree with what he tables.
1: Mm. Uh, pardon the scepticism, but, you know, uh, one would say, but do we really need another 12-month period within which to do an assessment? Uh, because we've had all of these assessments. Don't we know by now what is wrong in these various entities?
0: I think the reality is that everybody can sort of identify anecdotally what the key issues are. But what you tend to see is that when you get into the operations of any entity when you then have to deal with the actual workforce that is on the ground and the people of that particular expectations or particular understandings of what the institution is about and what their role in the institution is about, it's actually much more difficult. I think writing a theory about what is wrong with state owned enterprises is much easier than then fixing it because you really need to be ensuring that the people people that you find in them, you come in as an administrator or somebody coming to the institution, you cannot afford to eliminate the people that have the institutional memory, particularly coming in as an outsider. So even though we might think that Everybody has an idea of what's going on there, you still need to engage the process of really learning from the insiders, hearing their perspective, because in most instances, we never get to hear the voices of the people that actually have to deal with these daily issues, and we never get to really understand the insights from the people that actually have to do the transactions, that actually have to run with the logistics of the business. So there's always going to be a learning curve regardless of what the perceived issues are in any institution.
1: So are we seeing the tide turning in a particular direction here because we had SAA placed under business rescue. Now we've got PRASA under administration. Do you think that this is signaling a way for more of these state-owned enterprises to follow?
0: But well, I think if we're calling it away, we're giving the impression that the government is fully in charge of the process. But as I said earlier on, they've really been overtaken by circumstances. And I think what you're going to see is that in any entity where there's this type of issues that are ongoing and their normal response would be to ask for more money, well, we've run out of money. So, of course, when money is no longer available, you then actually have to take the type of decisions that you've been shying away from. So, unfortunately, institutions like the SABC are now firmly on the radar because if they're saying that we can only survive on bailouts and we're now saying that there are no more bailouts for anyone in fact the only bailouts we can be entertaining are for ESCOM given its structural importance to the economy but for every other state-owned enterprise that has this type of issue that thinks it's going to get a bailout that era is over and of course either an administrator comes in or a business residency practitioner comes in or liquidation becomes an inevitable outcome.
1: And just finally accountability because how did we get here Who got us here? Is that not a question that needs to be answered?
0: It's a question that needs to be answered, but it's a question that will not be asked by the people that should ask the question. So, of course, it is the politicians themselves that should be asking the question through the various um, mechanisms, whether it's the committee in parliament or whatever other instruments they are. But everybody knows the answer, that it was the politicians that were complicit in getting a CM either by appointing people that were ill suited to the task or simply interfering and then making those boards completely incapable of executing on their jobs. So we know what the answer. So so this is why nobody actually wants to engage in the question. So when you talk about accountability, well, let's face it, ministers change every single day. So, of course, this current minister of transport wasn't there when the genesis of the issues that is now dealing with Uh, actually started. So, of course, you've got plausible deniability. I wasn't there. And you see that's going to be a universal conversation around the state. you have got the Minister of Public Enterprises who always find everybody else blame for the state of public enterprises, legitimately because he wasn't there when they started. But then the question is, at what point in time do you then assume accountability for the state of the organizations as they are? And there's still another answer to that.
1: So if the politicians are not going to ask the right questions and hold people accountable, where does that leave the electorate? Where does that leave ordinary South Africans?
0: Well, that's the reality in that the ordinary electorate are the ones that keep endorsing in government. So if the ordinary electorate is of the opinion that they need to get the, the government to be accountable, well, we do have an instrument of accountability and that's the general election. And unfortunately, when one, um, you know, um, party trips winning the election, it's difficult to convince them that they're doing something wrong because they'll be saying, well, actually, according to the electorate, we're still the ones with the manage to do things. So sometimes I do think that the electorate doesn't do itself any favors by not really exhibiting its sense of frustration or its sense of rejection of the status quo through the ballot box. So unfortunately, that's what we stuck with. <laughs>
1: Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much. Uh, Kaya Sitole, our commentator this afternoon. And in case you've missed it, uh, Transport Minister Figile Mbalula has dissolved uh, the board of PRASA and placed the entity under administration.